Today, in this episode, I had a great conversation with Nikki, and we talked about a new book, a book that she's developed based on all of her experiences on how to launch businesses, keep them going, and run them. And I promise you, it's a very short episode, but it's full of depth and quality. I hope you love it. Thank you. Good afternoon. Welcome to the David Watson podcast, and thank you very much for coming on. You're welcome. Hi. As I I stumbled over my words in the introduction there. (laughs) But the exciting news for us is that you have actually just launched a book. Well, you launched it 10 days ago. And running your business doesn't come with a manual, but it does now. Yes. Yeah. So how did it come about? Uh. Gosh, um, I'm part of a masterminding group and actually in the package for that masterminding group was the opportunity to write a book. Um, It was never really on my radar before. I didn't join the mastermind thinking, oh, yes, I want to go into it because I really want to write a book. It was just an opportunity that arose um, and I decided to take it. I... I'm not a natural writer at all. So the process was quite a challenge. Um, But yeah, now some six, seven months later, I have produced a book. So when you say the process was a challenge, Mm. in in which ways? Um, I think because I, 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 because I'd not written a book before, um, it's like, it's like, I think, when you have a child or get married, it's very much like nobody can prepare you for it. And, no, you know, it's your own experience. And I think getting going on that process of, of writing a book, getting all of your words down, share, being in a place where you're going to end up potentially maybe feeling a bit vulnerable and putting that out there and sharing your words and sharing your insight it's quite um yeah it's just quite a all-in project that just seemed to go on forever really it was i have yeah i I, I mean i I have written a book and um it was uh, self-published a few years ago now but something you said there there's a there was a vulnerability about it and yeah. I don't know why there's certain elements when I was head, head down writing, plowing away, I, I really enjoyed it. But when it came to the the end and it's just like, oh, you've now got to show this to people and do something with it. I, I was quite intimidated and I'm not an easily intimidated person, but I really did feel that, you know, using, as soon as you said about the vulnerability, that really resonated with me because that's exactly how I felt really vulnerable about Oh, it's like almost handing in homework to the world's nastiest headmaster. It's just like, and I, yeah. I just lower myself for punishment. I, and, and yeah, for something I was deeply passionate about. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think it's you know that that six seven months process is like, you know, you're I I was completing that project alongside running a business. And yeah, there were so many parts of it that were all very all in and all consuming. And definitely, I think when you kind of handed it in at certain stages, it was like, oh my goodness, somebody else is going to be reading 
how I put things across. And if someone asks me a question about business, I, I, you know, I'm very, I can flow with it. I can answer, I can give them a solution, but to put all of that into words in a book, it's very different, very, very different. So yeah, absolutely. I think there was a real yeah, vulnerability around, are people going to like it? Are they not going to like it? Am I going to get critiqued? What does it all mean? Um, and and now I'm very much, I can't, I, I haven't even looked at the inside of the book because I'm, you know, it's, I think I've been so in it for so long. Like, I think I almost need to detach myself from it for, you know, just a little while and then I'll go back to it. But yeah, definitely an uh, interesting experience. It's, it's, sure. quite, it's quite incredible, isn't it? Because it's an area that you could talk in front of a thousand people and be really confident. But because yeah. you've somehow turned that into a book that anybody can read and learn from in their own convenience, you're yeah. suddenly quite nervous about this now. Oh, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, I know every single one of my clients. I, you know... I, I know them really well. But when I'm posting about my book on social media, I've had people go, oh, yeah, I've got a copy. And oh, yeah, I'm just on the first chapter. And and I'm like, oh, my goodness, I don't really know who you are. And like, you know, I'm all of a sudden like touching that people person's life because they're reading my book and I don't really know them. It's yeah, it's a very weird concept. Very you figured out so. how to say thank you to them yet? <clears throat> Just um, apart from thank you in the comments, yeah. no, not yet. <laughs> no, I, I, I was, I was actually, I was kind of looking for an insight because I still struggle now. Somebody says to me, I, "I've read your book." I, I, I'm like an awkward teenager, and I just sort of say thank you and, and don't know what else to say because yeah. I'm really yeah. flattered like so flattered, yeah. but but I don't want to come across as being like I'm so flattered. Thank you. I'm so grateful because yeah. <laughs> And I just had I had I've had a client in earlier before I've jumped on to talk to you and she's like I I read it all in one night and I'm like oh my goodness That's like, such a compliment I'm so like grateful thank you so much and she's like yeah it's great and I want more copies and da 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 and I'm like oh okay <laughs> you just can't put into words the concept really around it all I think you have to experience writing a book to. Yeah, really fully understand the full process. There's been tears, there's been smiles, there's been tantrums, all sorts of things with this book. But yeah, it's out there now. I'm glad. It's, uh, and congratulations. congratulations. Thank you. Because uh, for people, anyone that's done it or was in the process of doing it, it, it is a hell, a hell of a process. And there's, yeah. it is, there is an, um, people always like, what, what, what do you recommend? What's your uh, writing hacks? And I was just like, there isn't any. You just no. have to sit sit down and get on with it. It is, and some of it's really pleasurable, and some of it's really tedious. Yeah, and on on day of launch, I think, gosh, I I was up I was up sort of by five a.m. getting posts for social media and things out there, and and that day, I don't think I I came off my phone at all because it was just messages and comments and thank yous and you know it was just all in all absorbing for one day um and no one can prepare you for that no, you just no do it uh, so 
on the inside of the book what, what would people yes. expect to see so so the title itself really comes from um you know i say to a lot of businesses and business owners we when you start a business there isn't something that's going to tell you on day 28 you should be doing this or you know when you're experiencing this in your business it's because of this 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 and this so that's what i really wanted to bring together in a book so there's two sides to the book one is um my four-step process that i use with all my clients because I really focus um, with business owners on strategy, accountability, and getting consistent results. So I have a four-step process, which is very simply plan, do, review, and improve. So helping them set a monthly plan, taking the right actions. But one area that a lot of business owners don't do or don't find the time to do is actually review how everything has gone and therefore can apply any improvements that they need so that they're not, you know, wasting time, energy and money going forward. They can actually improve on what's happening. So that's the first thing. I also um, break it down into helping client uh, business owners look at four key areas in business, which is sales and marketing, people, operations and finance. Um, so essentially, with those two things um, aligned with each other, it really starts to help businesses start to focus on where they're working well, where they might be procrastinating, where they need help. So I break it all down in the, in the book on how they can work through that. And then in the second part of the book, it's really an A to Z. So if you want to talk more about networking, I've done a section on networking um if you want to talk more about accountability i've done a section on accountability so it's it's kind of a go-to so if somebody's got an issue in their business they can literally look at the a to z and go oh, okay that's that's equipped me enough to be able to make a better decision or that's equipped me enough right now to be able to go oh, okay those are my thoughts around that what information do i need to go and find next so it's it's Every step in the book is help is there to help business owners take the next step that is right for them. So is it kind of worded in the way, um, as you were saying, about your, your four principles? So, you, mm. so you're always kind of questioning and reviewing? Yes, very much so. And I think... I, I I really approach the book in uh, you know I'm I'm kind of a no fluff no faff kind of approach myself, so I very much approach it, the the book in you know this is what you really need to think about that this might be what other people tell you that's a bit you know fluffy and and nice but this is what you actually need to think about, um, and and I and I reiterate throughout the book you know if you're if you're not showing up consistently, if you're not taking action consistently, if you're if you're not learning from your mistakes and seeing how you can improve and move on, you're you're always going to stay in the same place. So yeah. So yeah. So I'm assuming there's there's quite a few tools inside that book for kind of and their strategies in a way to overcome people's natural procrastination. Yes, there is. Because, you know, I mean, often with businesses, you have somebody who is incredibly good at what they do. Yeah. 
but they're not able to communicate to anybody how that fixes their problems, how that solves their problems, so, which is kind of that sales technique of look, you're not trying to sell somebody anything. You're just trying to make them aware that you have a problem and I'm the, the person that can fix that. Yeah. 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 It, oh, sorry, go. Yeah, sorry, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's um, I think just like with it, within the the book it really helps yeah i think it just really helps center people to kind of say this is my issue and i need to just be equipped a bit better with what i do what i do next and what the procrastination part i procrastination and perfectionism go quite closely hand in hand for me and i think the perfectionism it, it literally is stopping people in their tracks to implement or to get something out there or get it launched. But then procrastination can do that too, because there's a fear factor that comes in. So yeah, I definitely have businesses who come to me and go, everything needs to be all ducks in a row, 100% perfect before I can launch it yeah. with, with no errors or the procrastination part is very much again fear is stopping them in their tracks because it could be imposter syndrome or it could be a confidence thing or it could be the you know i've priced myself wrong or or you know things like that that really then just stop people in their tracks for getting it out there and the, and the principles that i bring in so oh mm. sorry the principles no, no. i bring in is like it's that reviewing and improving part that is just as important as planning and taking the action. Because if you get something out there that's brand new and you don't review what worked and what didn't work, how are you going to know for the next time? So, and, and I've done a whole, you know, I've got a review with my operations manager on Wednesday on this whole book process. Because if I ever write one again, highly unlikely but if i do you know i know exactly what what worked and what didn't work well because it's interesting you you said something there about imposter syndrome because yeah. some of the most capable people in their field in, in their area of expertise can feel like imposters yeah and, and absolutely and i think and and i mentioned this in the book so it doesn't matter i think and I've seen it time and time again, if you're, I don't know, turning over a thousand pounds a month in your business, or you're turning over a million pounds in your business, we, we're all just experiencing different levels of those things at, at, at a different stage in our business, whether it be mindset, imposter syndrome, perfectionism, yeah. procrastination, whatever that may be. It's just at a different stage. It's just at a different intensity or, or not really. So you, you said you're not keen on the idea of writing another book, at least not yet. <laughs> when, when you were like prepping this book, was there anything yeah. where you thought, actually, that's a subject I'd like to get into more of, but for another time? Yeah, there's definitely something right now actually which is around there you go he's going to get a second book out of me before the end of this podcast um, i've got exclusive yeah absolutely it's all <laughs> happening but there there is something right now where i think 
businesses need to be captured at a certain time when either they've grown too fast too quickly so absolutely their infrastructure is not solid enough to to help them um, continue to run a business effectively or the business is just on the cusp of making it you know really starting to be successful um, whatever that means to them but it they could be looking at enhanced systems bringing a team in achieving bigger targets looking at a new ideal client and i think it's at that point where i'd like to probably share a lot more for businesses because that really is a, a, can be a real sweet spot with people like going for it or starting to just you know keep maintaining at a certain level um and and that's what I find when lots of clients come to work with me, they know they can achieve a lot more. They just don't know how to do it. So this is just capturing them at a slightly different stage, really. Okay. Yeah, because there was a thing that um, I've talked about on, with previous, on podcasts and with clients is when businesses grow beyond their capacity. Yeah. And one of the, for me, and I'm probably talking more specifically towards customer services because that was my area of expertise and very much relates to customer service is when people over automate systems and lose that human contact where you yes. can actually just you know speak to somebody yeah. um but there's oh we've got a form for that no no the, the, scrap forms don't you know it's there's a time and a place for automation but yeah. there's I, I always find if people lose that human side to the front desk operation yeah is you're, I've always described it as grown too beyond your capacity, grown too yeah. big for your capacity, because yeah. you, 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 like I said, it, it just. And I, I used to see this in customer services, and I'm a traditionally or originally sorry from the car trade. Yeah. Is the the more they automated the system, the less we were spending face to face with a customer. Yeah. And that yeah. was the the most important interaction for uh, loyalty. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. I think, you know, I'd like to think now I've kind of got the right balance between what is automated and what is, per, you know, personable in yeah. in my business. And, you know, I, I grew my whole business through networking, word of mouth and recommendation. That's that that's just the foundation and the and the bones of my my business and still is really. But I definitely, as soon as I could, I switched all my like networking back face to face and, you know, just having that, you know, my client who was in today, I know what her husband's name is. Yeah. I know what her husband's names are. I, I know where she lives. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's all that personal connection that just speaks volumes and, and I think really helps massively with retention um and and just having a relationship with someone way beyond i don't know like a three-month program or a six-month program or whatever it may be you're you're seeing that client return time and time again so yeah it 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 impacts in so many ways i totally agree yeah because i mean I, i saw it in the car trade all the time the product is what gets them through the garage door originally yeah but it's how you you build that relationship with them that yeah. keeps them with the product because you, yeah. you can make mistakes looking after them but if you have a yeah. good relationship they will forgive you almost anything yeah 
Absolutely. Because, you know, and and depending on that relationship, sometimes it can be, oh, do you know what? I know I didn't do that quite right, but what we're going to fix here is. And you, you've got that way of communicating like that. So, yeah, it's um, having that balance. You know, there are some things that are dead easy for automation and that can just yeah. happen. But I think having a good balance of personable connection and automation is is a real is really key. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, yeah no, I, I like you know, like I said, I, I'm a massive advocate for automating the, the back systems, if you like, and yeah, but never trying not to lose that face to face customer contact. So how did you start your own business? Oh gosh, so my background is in corporate. So I was um, a buyer for one of the top supermarkets in the UK. Um, and for my sins, I was a buyer of fresh chicken, bananas, flowers, uh, wine. That was quite exciting. But various different categories. Well, just um, sorry, just I'm just going to. Is that where the love of champagne came from? Yes, <laughs> absolutely, and and still is very much a love. Um, but for sure, I it, it taught me so much. I mean, I. Uh, oh gosh you just work so so hard in that industry and I ended up being involved in so many different things whether it was legal HR operations marketing whatever it may be you were literally responsible for everything from beginning like whether it was the product on the shelf all the way through to if it was growing in the ground like and everything in between you were responsible for it and I I came at a bit of a crossroads I was my husband, I met my husband um, at the same uh, office and he got made redundant. So I was very much like, I am in here. I'm going to get made redundant too. And it didn't happen, which I was very sad about. Um, but then I decided to go self-employed and I went off and did some project management stuff. And then I got involved in network marketing, actually, which... Uh, it's a bit of an area where it, it does get a bit of a bad rap. You know, people are like, oh, is it a pyramid scheme and blah, blah, blah. But actually, uh, I worked with a very um, solid company. Uh, and I think it's one of the best experiences you can have as a business owner is to is to literally work that that kind of business model because it it shows and teaches you so much. So it's a bit of a crossroads. I was doing project management. I was in network marketing. And then I came across a networking group and I started talking to the women in the room and could really quickly see how through all my experience and skills and expertise, I could help them with strategy and accountability. And that was really where my business started about eight years ago. And, and it's grown to where it is today. So it's been quite a journey, but it was one of those kind of turning points where I was like, I'm not doing this part anymore. This is where I see my kind of direction going. And eight years later, I'm still here. So just being mindful of time, <clears throat> um, what do you, when people are starting a business and stuff, I'm sure a common question is what do people get wrong? But I want to know what people get right Oh my goodness, what do business owners get right? Looking after their clients. 
I think their clients end up being what they will go all out for to make sure that, you know, they are providing a good service and providing, um, you know, what they went into business for. Because essentially, when you start a business, that's what you're going in for. You're going to be able to, you know, service those clients with what you're passionate about. So I would say client delivery satisfaction, that kind of area, I think is probably one of the things that business owners do get right and quite quickly. It's all the other stuff that they don't want to do. But that part, <laughs> I think they get they get right really well. Um, but then, you know, obviously that can lead into the busyness and the procrastination that we've talked about. But yeah, I think first and foremost, when people go into business, it's because they want to, you know, do what they're good at, not necessarily run a business. Yeah, that, that's true. And if, if somebody is when it comes to networking, because networking, like you say, can be a wonderful resource. Yeah. What do people do well when it comes to networking? Mm, gosh, what do they do well? Depends at what stage they're at, really. I think if it's someone brand new to networking, just showing up is good. <laughs> and just showing up consistently is good. Um, I think when you've been networking for a little while, you definitely start to then see all the different characteristics and, and skills that you get as a result of being in networking for over a period of time. So that could be, you know, more clarity in their message. It could be more confident in speaking. It could be that, you know, they, they are warmer to connections of people in the room um yeah i would just say it depends at what stage that person is at when it comes to networking um because it's not you know it's not for everybody and i know a lot of business owners that loved or love the fact that it's online because they can literally hide behind a screen um whereas i feel like there's nothing like in-person networking you know that you get the the body language, the the sense of how somebody is, you get, you know, how you can help someone, you get that, you know, just that connection really so much stronger than online. So I'm just going to finish off with one last question, which I'm going to think about yeah. a second because it's a variation of a question I normally ask. Okay. And if you could historically be yeah. any place, any time, Yes. Where would it be and where would you be drinking the champagne? Oh my goodness. What personally? Yeah. Or uh, in history? Uh, yeah, you, you imagine you've got a, a magical time machine really, and your favorite champagne, so whatever champagne you want, where are you? What are you doing and why? Oh my goodness. That's a toughie. You can have a couple of answers if you want. I, I think I might need a couple of answers. Yeah. So so one of them, without a doubt, is this year I was fortunate enough to go to LA. That's Los Angeles, by the way. Someone said, oh, is that Long Ashton in Bristol to me the other day? I'm like, no, Los Angeles. <laughs> definitely not. Exactly. Um, so it would definitely, definitely be um, 
at the Beverly Wilshire Hotel, which is where we were fortunate to do some of our meetings for sure, because that was just amazing. Um, uh, any any occasion where we've been as a family or I've been with my husband on Polseth Beach in North Cornwall. I've surfed it. I know it well. Without a doubt, that is like top of the list at any single one of my historical moments there because I just adore it. Um, gosh, where else? <clears throat> I don't know, David. That's a toughie. That's okay. a real toughie. No, that um, is, I thought you answered that very well. Oh, thanks. I'm like crikey, racking my brain, thinking where, where, where. But yeah, for, definitely, definitely um, those two. <laughs> I'll think of more and then I'll message you and go, this one. Yeah, but I yeah, want this one. I want this one. And what champagne would you be drinking? What champagne would you be drinking? <clears throat> probably Bollinger. Nice. Yeah, probably. I like a nice bottle of Polly. Yeah. I've, I've, champagne is actually my favourite drink as well. Oh, good. What's yeah. your favourite bottle then? <laughs> the first, I'll be honest, the first thing that popped in my head was free. <laughs> free champagne. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thing. When you said what's my favourite, that was the first thing that popped into my head. That was amazing. <laughs> it was free champagne. Um, yeah. I'm probably going to say it probably is a Bollinger. Bollinger yeah. is. I, I've I've not had it much. I had it at a wedding, and I remember. Yeah. And it might have just been the the wedding, but it helped. Um, yeah. And but I've, I have a friend, Martin, and whenever we don't see each other often, because he's he, he works for a company that takes them all around the world. But whenever we meet up, the first yeah. thing we do is drink a bottle of champagne. Yeah, lovely. Is there's something about the bubbles in Bollinger? It's really delicate. That's fair, and that's a great place to stop. Thank you very much for your time. I do appreciate. It. You're welcome. That is whiz by. Crikey. Thank you.